Hi there. Guess what? It's another episode of Drive Time Thrive Time with me, Erin Breeze. We are out on the road of life after divorce. But a bigger guess what? It's our anniversary. Oh my goodness. How has it been a year? A year of this Drive Time experiment. I am so delighted that you've been tuning in with me. And if you're new, welcome, welcome. If you've been here with me for this whole year, thank you for being part of this grand adventure, this big road trip that we're on. I love that you're here and that we get to connect across the miles, the actual miles <laughs> right now. And we are, we are headed north. If you've noticed this last week or so, I have not been as active because I haven't been doing my commutes. My wonderful mama has been staying with me, helping. I have the girls for extra, um, consecutive weeks because their dad has been out of the country on a film project and so I'm so grateful that my mom has been here helping and taking on my commute so that is why I have not been here as frequently and we are not I think I said in my last episode or the one before I thought wouldn't it be fun if we had a hundred episodes on our anniversary we're not gonna hit that but we're sure darn close I think this is 95 and today is our one year and that is really again it's just cool anniversaries are can be really cool. And um, what are we talking about today? What are we talking about today? You know what? I had a really big, I have a big conversation to tell you about today. And it was with Ray. So my youngest, who's nine, we had someone on one time yesterday, quick little parenting plug, solo parenting plug for one-on-one -on -one time. Keep making it happen. If you have more than one kiddo, keep making it happen because again yesterday I was reminded how the the energy is just different right when we're one-on-one -on -one. and the conversations that can emerge will be very different um, especially if you you know depending on the personalities of kids and the age difference um, there's a lot of factors of course but I'd love to encourage you to be really attuned with that and if you, if you have one and not two, also be noticing for yourself, like when, how, how can I facilitate conversations that maybe we don't normally have? Because regardless, um, for all of us, I think certain conversations, and in this case, what I want to share with you is about a, a divorce related conversation Ray and I had. Um, but sometimes we, we need to be conscious, right, of the conditions that we're creating for ourselves to have those heart to hearts and we can all get really busy. So being intentional and maybe reflect on this last, you know, week or so, um, most of us were, you know, now into settled into our new school year routine. So take a moment and notice, like, are you when are you having those heart to hearts? Um, when does, when do those work best for your child? So if you have more than one noticing, am I creating the one on one time? That would be an important condition. But for all of us, for each child, when, when am I having those heart to hearts? What space works best for them? Because some kids are, sh you know, it's like that pillow talk, right? It's a, a, a part of bedtime routine where they want to share and reflect. Others, um, maybe that's actually the exact not ideal time, especially if they need to share something that might create disappointment or sadness or just be, you know, um, have other emotions that we want to tend to, depending on what needs to come up, that right at bedtime may not be the best. So are you creating little outings? I find with my girls that if we can just be 
kind of walking around outside with not an agenda, <laughs> it's really helpful to create the space that invites, naturally seems to just invite discussion and reflection and sharing. Um, today we, the four of us, so this was wonderful time for sharing of stories, but in a, you know, purposely all four of us with my mom and my two girls, we had a beach brunch at our favorite spot, our favorite cafe, um, as part of the Annenberg, um, community center on the beach in Santa Monica for those, anyone local. It's one of our very favorite places. I love being able to have my feet in the sand while ordering my breakfast and eating, um, and having this breathtaking view. I love what the city of Santa Monica did with this to make this beautiful public space available, um, that we can all enjoy. So, we had wonderful stories. We were exploring like where the, I had never, I had not actually asked my mom where she got the name of Aaron to name me. So we were exploring everybody's, their origin of the idea for everybody's name. And it was just such a fun conversation. We had not all had the four of us. So that's an example, right? We getting like, Think about the conditions and the, for the kinds of conversations that you want to have with, with your kids. And so back to Ray and this one-on-one -on -one time. So we had a few hours doing just what I said. We were just the two of us. We had a park outing where we, she was getting, it was picture day for her soccer team, but we had all this extra time before and after that was just the two of us. And it was really fun. And I don't even remember how the conversation, something came up. Oh, we were talking about the schedule because she'll be going to her dad's next weekend, which was a change in the schedule. Um, so we were talking about that and we, we, you know, I could sense that it, we haven't had a talk in a while about just her thoughts, you know, on how things are going with two households and divorce. And so there's a few things that I want to highlight about my conversation with Ray and really encourage you. We, this is not a one-time conversation. So if you have not talked to them, your, them or whoever, uh, your kiddos, um, if you've not talked to them about your divorce, their divorce journey and experience recently, it probably is time <laughs> to check in. And I think sometimes if our kids are not expressing something is wrong or that they're upset, we don't necessarily initiate the conversation about the divorce and I want to encourage us to not in a way where we're needing to rehash things but with the intention that we just want to check things out on their terms when we're communicating with our kids about divorce about anything that's significant we always want to be making it like about them what's their experience with it right that allows us to be attuned and then to know what kinds of follow-up questions we want to ask or not right we don't have to go into what my girls like mom mode right? <laughs> we're like suddenly talking about feelings or the world or the planet or whatever <laughs> you know these these topics right we got to balance those mom moments um and mom modes of teaching but it's important because we were the, this guide of our children, right? And we do, it is part of our responsibility, I believe, to be checking in. And sometimes, yes, that means bringing up how, and asking, like, what are their thoughts? And I could, so we, it went from talking about the scheduling and the back and forth. And then we were talking about divorce itself. And I said something to the effect of, you know, divorce isn't bad or wrong. And Ray said, I think divorce is bad. 
And so we open up this really important conversation, right? To have like, well, what did she mean by that? And, you know, what the crux of it for her was this, this belief that something wrong must have happened if two people then don't want to stay together. And this, as you, I hope know by now, (laughs) having listened to me, is the crux of our work with Happy Home. It's transforming because this belief is founded on the, the idea that marriage is supposed to always last and that if, so that therefore, if it doesn't, something wrong or bad has happened. And this is exactly what we're trying. And this is like my, my mission, right? Is to, to change the narrative about divorce on all levels. Did something sad happen? Yes. Do we wish if we could have orchestrated that her dad and I would grow in the same direction? Was that the original sort of wish? Of course, but that's not what happened. So how do we have conversation where we can create space that it's not about a bad or a wrong? No one failed. No one failed at this. There was no, and so this is part of what I shared with Ray. Her dad and I couldn't have predicted the ways that we would each grow and mature when we were, when I was 26 and met when he was older than me, but I was 26. I didn't have, I wasn't asking certain questions <laughs> that I will, that I now know to ask about. I didn't know certain things about myself that were as important to me as I realize now that, that just weren't, wasn't fully how I was operating. I'm a very different person now at 45 in certain ways my essence not, you know, is the same, but the way that I understand my, my roles, my world, my spiritual life is totally changed. Like there's so many things that have changed. And so part of this conversation then was checking in. What did she mean by that? Right. We don't want to swoop in and make it about ourselves because that's where we very quickly can turn into this mom mode and mom lecture. Um, So we want to keep checking in. What do they think? What do they mean by that? Because it ended up being this really beautiful conversation that first we got to check out this idea of did something bad or wrong happen? And that is where I could share with her another way of understanding relationships and also giving her planting the seeds of the the relationship templates that she gets to inherit, which will never be from me that you need to aspire to be in some institutional committed on some sort of social terms relationship. That is certainly a possibility if she chooses, but I won't ever be prescribing that as the way to live a fulfilled life because we know that that is not longevity of a married relationship does not equal fulfillment, growth, actualization, awakening. We know this, yet we still all, many of us participate, if we're not conscious of it, in a reverence for couplehood that is divorced from the quality of that relationship. These things, like, we're, it's really something damaging, I believe, and want us to all get much more sophisticated in how we talk about relationships and how we especially parent our young people as they enter adolescence around what to expect from a relationship, why they would like evaluating, why they even want to be in one, right? We have so, we cue them so heavily to need to be 
coupled up in order to feel valued in the world. That somehow if you're not coupled up, it's some reflection on your worth in a way that's so damaging. Right? So back to Ray, this conversation. And I encourage you, again, if you've not talked about divorce and what they're thinking in a while, this is not a conversation we only have when we're telling them we're getting divorced. This is something that we, this is always going to be part of their family narrative and continuously updated. We can all think of many things in our lives that we have a different understanding now than we did about this big event that we, than we did about 10 years ago, 15, 20 years ago. As we mature, so does our understanding of ourselves and our lives, right? So, of course, with our children, they're going to keep having new and more, we hope, sophisticated, expanded, evolving understandings of this most central to their family experience, you know, I was going to experience an event aren't quite this right word, right? This is fundamental to their understanding of who they, who we are as a family. So we want to keep having this conversation. So I encourage you test out, check in, explore and be listening for, does my child have a, have a, a sense that somebody failed? Does my child have a sense that something wrong or bad has happened? And then do I have a script? Do I know how to talk to them about it to help them see it from a different point of view that would be more holistic, that would be more compassionate, that would be more life affirming, that would be more evolved and awakened and conscious, right? That's what I believe is our role as their parent is to help them. Again, we're not saying they have to agree with us. They can still feel that they wish it didn't happen. That's normal. And at the same time, we can help them to have this much bigger view and at the same time, free them from some of the same societal things that are, are part of why if they're concluding somebody failed, something wrong has happened, there's somebody to blame. So all of this is our cultural narrative, our social script around divorce. That is up to us to shift. And that's that we have so much ability to do that, but we have to be having the conversations. If we aren't having the conversation, then our children are getting, are only hearing it through social. And this is really, I just encourage you to think about anything that's important to you. If you are not actively having conversations with your kids, then they are only, you know, they'll be getting information about whatever that is from the sources available to them, TV, books, music, Social media, obviously, all the things. So we want to all, like, it's really empowering to get clear. What am, what do I stand for? What's most important to me? And am I actively having those conversations in a way that my child can hear, right? So that means, back to where we started, creating time. Probably one-on-one is best, depending on, especially if you have kids at different ages. Um, because the way you're going to have the conversation will be different. But also, it creates space for each kid to ask their own questions without the other personality present of the other, you know, the other family members, right? Can totally alter their comfort in sharing, their comfort in asking. Some kids just need more time to reflect and have space in a conversation. Others are quick, you know, to rush in, to conclude and talk, right? So for all those reasons, we, the one-on-one, but then for everybody remembering the right conditions. And that means who else is around? Do we have time? Where are we? What did we just eat? <laughs> you know, all the things that influence. Are we tired, rested, that influence our ability to be present together and in a conversation? Um, the other really big part of this, 
was does divorce mean there is no more love her part of Ray's conclusion and you know it's interesting I'm thinking back to a blog I wrote um, and I sent it out by email to I don't know if I ever did a car cast on it was when she was well she's nine now so it was about four years ago because she was five four or five asking did I still love daddy did I still love her dad as we were walking off the soccer field of course these we can get these big questions right on all, all kinds of times where we're not expecting that conversation but again my job was to understand more of what she was asking, create space for her, validate her feelings, create space, right? And make it about her and not about me. So this continues, this sense that if divorce happened, does is the love gone between my parents? And love is such a tricky word because again, we are culturally obsessed with romantic love affairs we have such, I believe, immature use of the word love. So being able to, to define it for ourselves and invite our kids to def, like share in a much broader view of love as a, of a way of being, a way of treating others, a way of respecting and having compassion, right? So that they can see how the romantic part is such a teeny tiny part that honestly doesn't even exist in most of our most loving relationships because we have deep love for our parents and siblings and friends that have nothing to do with the romantic part. So we, this is another thing I want and invite us all to continuously update and disrupt is this, we gotta s separate this connection between romantic love as like this highest form of love. It's so wrong in my view because it's such a teeny part and it, we all can, those even that we have a romantic love with, the enduring part is not that part. Like the big part of our love of that person is a depth of friendship and regard that, that we don't limit only to those that we feel attracted to and have romantic love with, right? So what an incredible gift if we can help our kiddos understand that their love for a friend is and their love of, of siblings, cousins, neighbors who are a chosen family, right? Like whoever is important to them, that that, that is the highest level of human relationship. We do not need to participate into this sort of um, obsessiveness, I believe we have with the romantic part. Why are we doing that? Why are we doing that? Putting it on some pedestal that it is the supreme when it's really not, even with those that we share romantic love with, like it's, it's not the whole story and it's not the enduring part of the story, right? Man. So that's what I wanted to share with you on this Sunday afternoon. As I head home, I had dropped Harper off for a soccer game. Unfortunately, I'm missing her game today because um, this is one of those times where you're like, how do we do this? Two kids, two soccer games, two different cities at the same time. So thankfully, she went along with a friend um, to that game. And then my mom and I are taking Ray to her game. My mom went to Harper's game yesterday. All three, my mom and I are, well, both of us, all three of us, including Ray, are going to Ray's game. And then um, 
I'll get to see more of Harper's games, of course, other weekends. But yeah, sometimes the logistics, the logistics keep us on our toes, huh? But I hope so as we close, because I am almost home. I'd love, I hope this gave you some, some things to think about. First and foremost, how are you? Well, maybe it's last, actually. <laughs> Lastly, how do you feel on these topics of romantic love, of love, of how you talk about divorce? What is your current story, right? And we do a lot of this work inside our programming of, of looking at that because we want to continue to let it evolve. And yes, we go through a certain chapter that becomes part of our past of the divorce itself. But the conversations about it are going to be ongoing. We want that and we want to be active in bringing the topic up with our kids, not waiting for them to have to bring something up because we can normalize the experience of divorce, the conversations about it, and we can actually use them to expand our understanding of the beauty and the love that surrounds us in all ways with our relationships. What a gift. What a gift if we have even more um, beautiful conversations about love and trust and friendship and human growth and evolution and all of these things because of our divorces, right? That it gives us this opportunity to talk about these things that maybe we wouldn't talk about with the same purposefulness and sensitivity if divorce hadn't been part of our journey. So with that, as always, I am sending you so much love and so much sunshine. I wish you beautiful conversations about divorce and all the love and all the ways that love is ever present with with ourselves and our former partners. And um, if you need help with having those conversations with your kids, with noticing and releasing your own, you know, if you still have lingering stuckness or disappointment related to your divorce, I am here for you. That is what I do and love to do. So you can connect with me and um, all those ways are in the show notes. Until next time, have a beautiful day. I'll talk to you soon. Bye.